Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Good? Yes, sir! I know who I am! Did IQ just drop shot? I could have been. I, I have plans. I like this All shit. It is Dance off, bro. It is your Me and destiny. Welcome to the Atlantic Screen Connection Podcast. Let the games begin. Hello and welcome to the Atlantic Screen Connection Podcast with Jason and Lee. I'm Jason. I'm Lee. And today we're going to be discussing, which is going to probably be the swan song for Hugh Jackman, the film that is Logan, final chapter in the Wolverine trilogy. I can't believe it's an actual trilogy. They made a trilogy of it. That's only dawning on me now. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, but before we get to the film, I want to know how my co-host Lee is doing. How are you doing, sir? Ah, I'm doing great, man. Uh, Got a new... um... The new Legend of Zelda game came out on Friday, so it's been stealing my time. I've been absolutely playing the hell out of it. I, I posted things to like big picture reviews on Twitter because like yeah, I, 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 I knew that was what I was spending time on. And although we don't you know do game coverage or anything like that, it's still something that I spend a lot of time in my life considering and reading up on. So I, was, I feel like I, I have to say I have to put in a word for it at some point. You know, like every now and then, just cool. like by the way, this is a part of my life, a significant part of my life. I just don't review it because I'd be a terrible game critic. I'd. Uh, because uh, I have a very, very low bar for entry. I, I play almost anything and typically have little to nothing to say regarding whether it's a good or a bad game. Anyway, having a great time with that new game. and It's been making me very uh, lazy towards going out and actually watching films. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I, I just want to lie in for a while, you know. I'll, I'll probably see something later today or tomorrow. Have but... you have you been caught up in the buzz for the Switch? What, what console do you have for playing? Oh, Zelda? it's, no, it's, I got the Wii U. I, okay. I think the Switch is a cool looking console and all. It's just, um, I, I can't afford it quite clearly and uh, also there's some things about its online charges and stuff that i don't agree with so i'm very hesitant about that whole console changeover thing plus after the wii u which was not a particularly successful or interesting console which i liked but i sold mine yeah that's how bad i thought it was because i i played batman arkham city i loved that game but then when i went out to actually try to rent games because that's you know we were, i was still renting games at that point yeah there was nothing to rent i used to try to go play with my daughters and they'd never found anything interesting they were like can we play this and i was like what the hell is that we'd rent it they'd play for 15 minutes get bored and then we were like <laughs> oh we're stuck with it for 24 hours or three days i don't remember how long it we had but uh yeah. I've, I've got a, i've got a good run out of mine but i i consider it my niche purchase uh but i you know a niche is a niche i'm not going to you know i'm not a subscriber to nintendo i'm not just going to pick up the next one just because the new ones come out I've, I've got a ps4 i, I just i like i just like my wii U. and then this zelda game came out on it as well and i was like well i like zelda let's play this and it turned out to be great so yeah what, what can i do anyhow let's see how am i doing this week i'm good I uh, finally managed to watch... Uh, I watched the Oscars. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't have much to do that night. I kind of... I wanted to see how Jimmy Kimmel was going to be. Hmm. He actually turned out to be a fun one. Fun host. That's good. I uh, managed to watch Moonlight, which I really liked. Mm. Uh, as I said on the last show, I was gearing up to watch Moonlight, and I actually did, and I really, really had a great time, and I'm glad that it won uh, Best Picture because uh, of, um, I mean, it's an added bonus for publicity for them because I feel like it's a, it's a very good film. Yeah, absolutely. It's it is it is great for what it wants to do, and and a very deserving winner, which is is it feels good to say when it comes to the Oscars because there's always the hesitation they'll give it to the wrong one. So you uh, mean La La Land? Yeah. So that, <laughs> I mean specifically in this case. 
it could have been La La Land, and they almost did. That, that to me, I expected, uh, but I'm glad it went the other way, because between, if I wanted one of the two, it, would be, it was between Moonlight and um, Manchester by the Sea, and I, I'm, I was just happy for either, either to win. Happy with that. Right. But I, I actually managed to watch La La Land as well, and um, I, I liked the third act. The first two acts, everything was uneven to me. Ryan Gosling was not particularly good in the film either. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I have to be honest and I don't like Damien Chazelle as a director mm. um, even like the third act that final part of the third act was like literally lifted from uh, Jacques Demy's Umbrellas of Cherbourg and I was like what, what, why can't why do we have to be not original anymore why do yeah, we have to constantly be nodding to other films uh, just felt a little bit weird as, as lovely as it looked I was like yeah, I mean, can you can you truly get points for just recreating a scene? I, it does seem a little weird. I, I, yeah, I know. I, I have a lot of the same hesitations with La La Land. It's um, I it, it gener- generally all around. I think it was a a perfectly watchable film. Uh, oh yeah, and I, I I did like the performances. I, I get what you mean. There's nothing sp- particularly special about uh, Ryan Gosling's performance. But uh, mm-hmm. so I, I do question his actual nomination. But at the same time, he, 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 there's a part that he was to play and he played the part as was to be played. So I think, you know, it's credit for just doing the job that you had to do. Nothing oh, extraordinary right, yeah. about you it. You learn how to play the piano. You learn how to yeah, dance. You learn how to... I get it, you know. There is something about the performance of it that does warrant attention. But I uh, I don't know. I guess we're... In, maybe it's how we look at the Oscars. Uh, that we come to expect something like a moment in the film. Where we go like, whoa, that's acting. And maybe that's a problem yeah. more than with, with how we look at Oscar nominees. Than it is to do with Ryan Gosling training for a role. Actually performing the role well. And doing just a good job in a role that suits him you know I, I, right i would have given it to him for the nice guys preferably <laughs> much much better performance definitely you're absolutely right i think that was great one thing that I, I i still haven't gotten a response for and i i won't get a response for is i tweeted out to scott mance because he was really 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 rooting for la la land to win and he was constantly fighting for it a huge supporter for la la land and i tweeted out to him why, why La La Land, where it's actually a, a, a hyper-real uh, version of what romanticism is and how Hollywood portrays love stories, as opposed to Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight, and also, uh, what was the other one? Hell or High Water. That actually does speak about the human condition in the mm. society we live in, where I feel that that's what cinema is supposed to be about. Mm. As opposed to kind of avoiding the real questions. Yeah. As a film like La La Land actually does. We're going to just sing and dance about it, but yeah. we're not going to really attack the issues. It's a, yeah, exactly. It's, it's one of those things. I think people just want variety in the Oscars, and I'm all for that. I think that not every film has to... I mean, like Moonlight, Hell, Hell or High Water, and Manchester by the Sea are all demure, slow-paced, not very accessible movies. La La Land is very accessible. Okay. And so I I argue that there has to be a place there for those kind of films. I only argue that La La Land itself is flawed in what La La Land wants to be. Uh, Right. And that's why I think it's it's not the greatest movie. I think that for what it was trying to do, it actually missteps a number of times in its own ambition. But yeah. when it comes to the Oscar scene, then we have to contend a film that literally ha- couldn't be further away from the the point of all the other films. You, it 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 gains notoriety for standing out. It's it's the poppy fun choice, you know. And I I, I yeah. would I would be for that almost in most cases, you know. I like last year I wanted Mad Max to win, uh, and I mean that's ludicrous. It was never going to happen, but like it was the fun one, so right. I wanted that over spotlight and the revenant you know i wanted that to be the one but um it's what what can you do well, i guess that sums it up anyway 
Shall we move on from La La Land's flaws to Logan's claws? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I just want to hear Logan yell. <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> anyway, so we'll be back after this. Stay tuned. Every week on Real Spoilers, what we do is we take that week's big release on the weeks that we guess right, and we spoil it for you. So if you saw a movie and you want to talk about it with your friends, but maybe maybe you don't have any friends, we can be your friends in podcast form. We'll talk about the movie in rich, vibrant detail, and it's kind of like a book club for movies. Yeah, we're so, just a bunch of movie nerds. Yeah, and you know? so it's just a long-form conversation about the movie, going through its plot, talking about what worked, and uh, a lot of times what didn't, and making fun of it when it doesn't work. And if you like the show, feel free to share it on uh, your Facebook, social media, Twitter, verse, thing, stuff. So that's what we do on Real Spoilers. It's like a book club for movies, only with less Oprah. Hi everyone, this is Tim Costa. I'm Hermano De Silva. And this is Walter Vinci. And together we are the First Time Watchers Podcast. Each week we choose a movie to review that none of us has seen. Watch it together. And then discuss. These movies could be new. Or old. Or on our list of shame. You can find us on iTunes by searching for the First Time Watchers Podcast. As well as on Stitcher. And we love interacting with our listeners, so if you have any suggestions, send us a tweet. An email. Or post to our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. That's right. I mean, it's all about interaction. And talking about what we love. Movies. And you don't have to worry about us going on and on about this and that and the other. And oh, no, look, no, let's no, no. talk stop, about stop, this minute. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I wonder shut who up. the gap can God watch. damn it, shut up. I think that's enough. Logan, what did you do? Charles, the world is not the same as it was. Mutants. They're gone now. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real Where is she? Beneath the She's like you. Of time. Very much like you. The feelings disappear. She needs our help. You are someone to come along. Someone has come along. I am still right here. And you could have it all. My empire. So welcome back. We hope you guys enjoyed the first trailer. I decided to play the first trailer for Logan because uh, the Johnny Cash song, I think, cap it, like it really captured the tone. I think that James Mangold was going for Absolutely. you know the whole melancholy uh, aspect, you know, a very dour tone that Logan actually has throughout the entire film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So, the film stars Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, Richard E. Grant, Boyd Holbrook, Stephen Merchant, Eric LaSalle, the soul glow himself. <laughs> of course. And uh, it's actually introducing Daphne Keene, uh, the young X-23 who was stellar in this uh, Incredible, movie. absolutely. What a, what a, like, for a child performance, yeah. it, wow. Exactly. It's like, it's like, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Millie, Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. Very powerful young girl, you know, who's going to turn into this really intense I'm character. glad uh, the way society is going, we're, we're getting a lot more indignant, violent little girls as characters. That's, oh, yeah, definitely. That's hilarious. Totally for this trend. <laughs> yeah, Leslie pointed it out, too. She says, I like the fact that it's a girl and she kicks ass. Yeah. It's too bad I can't show Logan to my daughters because of the, the how, yeah, how... Horrible violence. <laughs> what? What? No, I think, I think my daughters would actually dig it. I just, I don't know. What do you think, Les? Should we show Logan to the girls? There's tits in it, but I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing. Oh, yeah, Why would we show seconds. people getting de- decapitated and not show boobs? <laughs> it's like a half a second, right? They'd be like, oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, exactly. That My daughters are like that. I was like, ah, we saw her boobs. That's stupid. And then they, we'd move on. So I might actually show Logan to my daughters because I'm a responsible father. Anyway, <laughs> I think they're going to they're gonna really love X-23. I really think they're going to I think they're going to really dig laura as a as a character anyway before we get to all the performances and things like that i want to go i want to say first off uh this is gonna be a spoiler heavy review like we always do and it's actually not a review it's a discussion uh i want to yeah so spoilers 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 obviously we're going to be getting right into it as we normally do so this is your warning now if you if you guys don't want any spoilers for the film uh go and watch it come back and listen to us a little bit later we we don't mind we just want a little bit of feedback from you guys or just uh click play let it play out plug your ears and then come back and play it again it gives us an extra play it's gonna be great (laughs) it all works out for us put it that way (laughs) and um I'm coming. I'm coming into this review or this look at Logan. Um, I can't say that this is going to be in depth for me because yeah. I saw the film yesterday. I usually like to give myself a little bit more time before uh, processing a film. Yeah, it's very much first impressions at this point. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Uh, this is going to be my my initial my initial reaction to the film more than a, a, and what I usually like to do is really dig deep into it. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to be going as in depth as I normally like to go because I'm still processing the film. There was a lot to take in, a lot of stuff that I didn't like about the film. Uh, it's not even about the film. I think it's it, it's what it says about cinema <laughs> and where it's headed. <laughs> and I was kind of yeah. a little bit annoyed by it. Uh, but I can't say that this is a bad film. The film has very little to do with your initial criticisms. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was like, oh, fuck. it's just society in general is yeah. pissing me off. And I'm taking it out on Logan. Poor, poor fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, it's just all it wanted to be was a sad X-Men film. And you're like, fuck this guy. Where's a get off in a sad X-Men film? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, to me, the superhero films that we cover on the show are usually more relaxed atmospheres anyway. So right. I, haven't, okay. I haven't gone essay form on this one either. I, I've, I've got a few things that I thought were interesting that I'll, I'll want to talk about. Uh, I, I won't be as angry. I, and uh, since I usually do, I, I usually don't mull things over as much as Jason anyway. This is just going to be a normal episode for me. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm basically trying to say is that I, um, I'm i going to try to have a decent conversation about it because I know that a film like Logan deserves multiple viewing. Yeah. Because the element of surprise that I went through in the choices that these guys 
guys made. I didn't agree with everything that they did, but at the same time, I think that what Mangold did was uh, the responsible choices. Now that the initial viewing is out of it, I'll be able to go back to being myself and really try to break it down the way it's meant to be broken down. Yeah. But initial reactions was more a question of why did they go in this direction? But before we get to that, I want to go a little bit towards you. So Lee, what did you think of Logan? Initial reactions. Yeah, let's do it. I am. Um, I liked it. As general as I can be, I thought it was a, a, a fairly good film. A pretty good X-Men film. On top of that, it's not just a good film. It was a it was a pretty good X Men film, and then, it, but it's also, uh, in my eyes, particularly flawed and um, a little misguided. Uh, and you do have to question some of the choices they made, as you were saying. I don't think that's just initial viewing thing. I think a lot of this will stick. But overall, I, it's it's very easy to just say. I recommend Logan, and I do. I, I, I'm, I'll easily say to anybody if they want to watch a good X Men film, Logan's a good one, and, and tackles maybe too much, but it does tackle something at least. And when I think about uh, over interpreting the film and and the long haul about thinking back on it, I, lo- I glaze over. I lose a little more interest. I don't think it holds up particularly well under scrutiny, and I'll probably get into some of that, but generally. Yeah, I've got some good things to say and bad things to say. It's going to be a little mixed, but uh, well, it's not It's not quite Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh, definitely not. I agree with you. Um, my initial reaction was one of, I liked the film, but I was extremely bored by it as well. Sure. Uh, because I feel like we were retreading old ground. You know, as much as people are saying that this is a very new take and a very important film, I... I I have to kind of disagree with that. I'm going to like this movie for what it presents because if we look at the overall X-Men franchise, is this a film that took a lot of risks? I don't think so. I think it actually (laughs) is a lot... It is very much a superhero film. It's it's not just a very very much a superhero film. It's very much an X Men film. It's 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 right in there. It's, yeah. It's it's just the next logical step to me. I think I I think that Logan has exactly its place in the in the in the structure we've seen to date. And it, to me, it makes a lot of sense that this is the film that came out just now uh, and and follows up the films that we've seen before. I mean, the Wolverine was just edging towards exactly this kind of sad introspective material. Right. And Days of Future Past gets into a lot of the shock death kind of angle to it mm-hmm. and then you take the other element that was in apocalypse where we see wolverine just going nuts on people and you've pretty much got all the elements you need to, to make logan yeah, sitting in the previous films yeah so films, now they've exactly. just sort of distilled it a little and that's that's fine that makes it a, makes it a perfectly good interpretation of the x-men legacy yeah as its own film uh, with all those parts does it really does it does its narrative really do a lot of interesting things yes and no I, I wholeheartedly agree with the yes and no aspect. Does it really try to, to break molds? Um, I think that it, it's disguised very well. Yeah, the, yeah, The same definitely. things that it's already done before. Um, it's not as iconoclastic as everybody's saying it is, you know? Mm. It reshuffles the cards of what the superhero films can do, but it's still playing in the, within the same deck. Yeah, that's that's a good, that's a smart little way of saying it, definitely. Um, I think that what's fun is that they've shifted in terms of what the message is, right? We were talking just before the show, and I mean, I, I picked up on it. This is the the one thing that I was like, yay, I'm happy they're doing this, but I was also disappointed because this is where it's pointing us for cinema to come. Yeah. And at once, I was like, okay, they've shifted the the commentary on, on uh, gay rights, 
that the original X-Men franchise was doing. And they shifted it towards what we were discussing a little bit earlier in terms of immigration and refugees. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like it's, it's, it's catering to a problem that is being dealt with in a reactive nature as opposed to a proactive nature. Which means right. that this is a possible future that we're heading towards in Logan, but it could have been avoided. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And yeah, so I, I, thought, I think a lot of the reaction that I'm, I'm getting back, and this is what's kind of getting me a little bit angry right now. I think that my main problem isn't with the film itself, hmm. but it's with the culture in which it was spawned. I think that Logan's, the way that it's shaped right now speaks volumes as to how backward thinking big parts of the U.S. actually are. For the world to be in 2017 right now and race and sexuality to still be an issue is really boring to me. Mm. And I understand that some people might see that as entitlement and I'm looking down on this and I'm, it's not. I understand these issues need to be talked about, but we've we've been doing it for such a long time that I don't understand. I think for me, it's it's just a question of, I don't understand why, why nothing has changed. I think it's my pure sure. disappointment in people. And not in Logan. I think, yeah, I think that's that's perfectly fair. I, I, I'm often very disappointed in people as well, en masse. So, uh, yeah. With Trump's election, you know, cinema's going to go back to a way it was like post-Vietnam or post-9-11. We haven't moved on. Hmm. I see it as a sign of not wanting to get better because it sells tickets. You know what I mean? Right. And as good yeah. as Logan is, I don't see it as a film like uh, that's promising a bright future for superhero films i see it as a symptom of the times i see it as a step towards the sad state of films are going to be like in the next four years sure. and as i said i think that people are reactive in nature and i can't hold that against mangold himself mm -hmm. but i just after seeing logan i was like oh man haven't we had 14 years of dystopian fucking cinema uh like a lot of people are saying this is the movie we need yeah. This is the movie mm -hmm. we need. The same way that they talked about in terms of Arrival. It's the movie we need. We need to communicate. Said it about La La Land as well. It's always... There's, every film is the movie we need, apparently. Exactly. <laughs> but I don't think that... I don't think that it's the movie that you need. It's the leaders that are missing right now. Yeah. I see what, I see what you're saying. You're kind of taking apart how um, people at the moment are interpreting Logan as a symbol of where, we, where we're heading uh -huh, yeah. in a post-Trump world and that that to me that makes sense as a criticism because that's what we're that's what we're surrounded with right now uh, mm -hmm. that's what a lot of our contemporaries are, are getting at and I, I think that's a little premature, premature of them to jump in on that end and think that that's yeah even remotely a sound argument of what this film was uh, was was going for. I mean, like, let's put it this way. So when we're talking about the the migrant story that this film is t which is telling, okay, so that and that in itself is is about uh, Logan taking in this this girl Laura and at the right. time her the sort of surrogate mother figure, uh, and they're going to essentially they're they're going to go north and cross the border because that's the only place they're going to be safe. You know, right. the place where they live at the moment is literally hunting them down. So mm -hmm. this is something, this is a thing that has never gone away and is never really probably ever going to go away. People running for, for their lives from countries, you know, that's a very, that's prominent, especially today. That's a very, very relevant subject for yeah, this film right to now. get into. So yeah, exactly. Uh, that people are taking it in a post-Trump direction. I like, to me, that's, that's the, that's the, the that's the, the, the leap in expectation. That's the wrong well, direction. To be fair. 
to be fair, they're taking Mangold at his word. He said that definitely the campaigns and all that stuff had an influence in how they were writing right. the film. I would love it if people would actually look at it as as a, as a film about family more than anything else, right? If like people are talking about Fast and the Furious about family and things like that, I think if if Logan could be anything, uh, it would be to embrace the dysfunctionality of how families are. Mm. You know that. In the end, even if we're alone, we're never really alone. You know, even yeah. if you die alone, you're not necessarily dying alone. A lot of people have that very somber way of looking at, at, at mm. life and death and how regret plays into it and how guilt plays into it. And I think that this film deals with those things on a much higher level than a lot of films that have come out this year as well. I mean, if you look at how guilt is affected in Manchester by the Sea, I could actually say, well, listen, if you're looking for a more pulpy version of the same message, watch Logan. Yeah, absolutely. Watch Logan. And I think that that would be interesting. The fact that Logan feels that guilt, the fact that Professor X feels that guilt. Professor X, apparently, it's kind of hinted at that he might have been the guy who killed the people at the school, you know, that like Logan switches the channel on the radio and he might have actually killed a bunch of x-men the same way as casey affleck's character burned down his house in manchester by the sea yeah that's right right so you have these different aspects of guilt and one that's going to be very real context and another one that's going to be in a very superhero context that's 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 funny yeah these films this is where cinema is you know and that this is the themes that are constantly popping up at this at this point it makes sense that people are are leaping to this and, and, and crowding around the idea that the world we live in right now is is particularly shit, especially America. Everybody, right. they they just want old values to to survive in a in a way that feels relevant, and, and, and they want they want that sense of belonging they used to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, people are going to read that that if uh, the election was so in the middle regarding that you're essentially looking at a split company a country in America. Then of course they feel like they've lost their family. You know that's that's their nationalism torn apart. The people now feel like they don't know their their neighbor. Uh, mm-hmm. That kind of ties in. You could you could read that as the contextual reading. Within the year that Logan came out was the year Manchester by the Sea came out. The familial is being burned behind them. Uh, you know, and and everybody's just pushing into this somber world and just trying to get their head down and get on with it. And nothing's getting better. I get that. That 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 adds some flavor to this. It's when people saying this is a direct reaction to Trump's America or some sort of apocryphal take on on what's going to happen. That, as you said, reactionary. That to me. Yes, because what what would have happened had Hillary won? It would have changed the entire discourse, and the movie was being made. The film still the came election. out. <laughs> exactly. And what would they have been saying at this point? You know, that that's the conversation I love to have. But anyway, sorry, keep going. No, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what I'm trying to get at. Cool. Reactionary wise, we are so quick to bounce straight to what's relevant today and see it as the reflection of what this film w- was in its making. But this film was made months and months ago and came out today, you know, mm-hmm. came out in this month, uh, in, in 2017. People are obviously going to reflect, oh, this, well, this is Trump's America and stuff like that. But it's just general. It's it's far more general than that. And it's more important that we look at the general and learn from it in the, in, in the message that it's trying to preach in a general sense than it is about taking the very specific... Because what happens if, yes, Trump gets overthrown? Oh, the migrant issue's gone. <laughs> no, it isn't. Of course it isn't. It's, uh, Trump isn't... He's barely touched on it. It's, it's been happening the entire time. Migrants... Yep. since. You can go back to any World War II story and you'll see the exact same issue. 
you know, and it's only still relevant today because things like Syria and people trying to get out of the country that is now torn apart. Everybody is is trying to tackle the migrant story. That makes sense. That's fine. And it's fine for Logan to switch tact and and discuss it as well and uh, it's 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 taking another look at the those who suffer under prejudice that's what x-men do that's that's yes. that's their role they their world is always full of prejudice and they reflect the stories of the people there so we usually get stories about race and we usually get stories about sexuality this time it just happens to be a little more on the nose when it came out that this is about the migrants but this story i bet is in an x-men comic somewhere you know and 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 it's it's actually a surprise it's taken this long to really get a film version where the world is informed by a a, a push for a border as some sort of insight to hope you know that's 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 surprising x-men has taken this long to get to that story because that's such a, a clear direction for them to go when it comes to representing the people who get shit upon by people you know and and suffer hard times x-men they find unity in in telling stories people suffering because then we can relate to them that's it logan fits the bill as an x-men film for that exact reason it's just like the this is the film i need right now it's so short-sighted uh and i yeah. feel that that's that kind of misses a lot because i mean it doesn't talk even about what x what logan does perfectly with the refugee story it tells because even though the pieces are there it doesn't mean shit if you don't actually take it somewhere interesting what right. was interesting about how this film tackles the migrant story is that it's open-ended the finale of the movie we never see those children really safe you know, we never see the the optimi- the optimism the, the the cause that Logan in this film dies for is to get yeah. these children across to a part to another life, and we could see that as you know he's the boat taking the people to America. You know, very like, good. The boat he talks about throughout the film. Exactly, exactly. You know, he becomes that image that he wanted for himself for selfish reasons. He is now becoming the useful, practical migrant. You know, the boat that takes the, the immigrants to America. You know, very good. But what's what's especially brilliant about the way that this ends, and I think it's it's full of praise with Logan, is that by not seeing those children actually safe in the country they go to, it shows how this is just an this is always a problem and x-men are not in the position to comment on this is a happily ever after they can only say that this is what these people want and that surely somewhere else is better than where they are but if you actually then look at the what where these people go in real life a lot of them they get turned around they live a life of prejudice against them they look different from the people that they live with. They are now rejected in society. These people don't always live happily ever afters. Logan doesn't pretend like that's what happens. It just says they get across. You know, right. it says that they make it. Maybe they don't even. We don't even see them make it across the line. We just see them run into a forest, and that's them on their way to the next step. To me, that's great. That's a great way. That's I would I would praise a, a, a non-superhero film for taking that step. You know, I would say... That's that's big of a film to know when to draw the line in general, and for Logan to know when its limit is in trying to push its message. Right. That's I, I think that's incredible. I, the uh, the metaphor of these kids getting across the border. It, it feels like it's actually saying something for once. It, it it feels big enough to actually let the let the story speak for itself. And that right. that's better. That's smarter. And I feel that that's something people are not picking up on when we're talking about its contextual relevance. Is that right. There's no happy ending. This is still postmodernism. This is this is no fairy tale. This is still a pretty dark, somber story that ends miserably for everyone. And that's that's huge for a superhero film to do that. Be sentimental about the character. It's you know the the past. It's letting go on the way. But look at the future and go. Well, is it getting better? That's 
that fits what it's trying to do. I, and I hugely promote its 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 ability to tell that story in its in the confines of a superhero narrative. You know, I think that's great writing. And I'll agree with that because the one the thing that I picked up, and that's why I mentioned family earlier. Yeah, I feel like this is this is more of a family picture. You yeah, know, a, a father son relationship, a father with relation to his daughter. You know, even uh, like even on the on the on the on the villain side, if you will. You know, you you'll have the the notion of um, living up to what your father has done before. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in terms of you'll have what's his name uh you know uh, xander rice having to live up to his father's experiments you know dale rice in the comic books and i mm. feel like what you were talking about about being that boat that that you know ferries the people into a, a promised land or a, a, a more uh, a brighter future i feel mm-hmm. that that is quintessential in trying to vehicle a, mu- a, a, a message of hope because yeah. In this case, you'll have Wolverine who becomes the father of the future of mutants. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's actually just trying to keep her, Laura, alive the same way as Professor X tried to do his best to be a father to Logan. And they, right. they, they essentially keep each other together because they're the last things that they have. You know, because in the end, that's exactly what it is. Your family is essentially the last thing that you have. When all your friends are gone, people get caught up in what is life. You know, you'll eventually have to boil down to and who can you reach out to? You'll reach out to family. And I think that that is Great. the better message, right? Absolutely. And that's the thing. I mean, if you look at the the, uh, the middle of the second act when they're mm-hmm. actually at the farmhouse where they actually come into contact with a family that they've helped and then they actually give them food in return, which is essentially the way people are supposed to be. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just being nice, you know, but the world keeps going by. I mean, those those trucks that those driverless trucks that are on the highway don't stop for shit, which is essentially yeah. what life is. Life doesn't stop for you. It doesn't stop. You're going to get hit by it. You got to avoid it. There are certain things that are there. And I think that Mangold's visual metaphors there work very, very well. And I think that it's interesting when Professor X says that he has had the best night of sleep that he's had in such a long time and he doesn't feel like he deserves it. I I, I was a little bit mixed on that because yeah. you are constantly self-critical about who you are as an individual as you move on through life. You know, I as a person will always try to be a better father than my father was to my children. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah, yeah. But at the course. same time, we fail left and right constantly. We're constantly making mistakes. We're like, oh, there's damage that I've inflicted on this thing. You know, I could have handled <laughs> yeah. that better. The same way Professor X could have handled Logan better, the same way Logan could have handled himself better and could have handled Laura better, you know? But the fact that they meet this family and I'm positive that we're only looking at it from an outside perspective and like, oh, that looks pretty cool. But they've got their problems, you know. They're dealing yeah. with the other fucking morons that are cutting off the water. They're they're dealing with the you know the the horses that are just going all over the place. You know, they're they're stuck in the middle of all this as well, and they're trying to make it work. Which is why I thought it was kind of an interesting aspect that they they had chosen a black family, you know, right. so that they could have these mutants relating to. You know, something of, of people like this that actually went through civil rights. You know, and this is 2029. So I, I think that they were probably the kids of people that went through the civil yeah, rights yeah, movement and counterculture and all that stuff. So, I mean, to have it go full circle in Logan, where you're actually having people being persecuted for being quote unquote different. I was like, I understand there's a reflection there, but I, I, I wanted it to, that, that, I think that's why it made me a little bit sad. Where I was sure. like, 
we've come full circle. We're going back to something we've already been to. And it's sad for me that humanity is where it is right now at this point in time. So I feel like the overall message that Mangold was trying to send in Logan is, and that's why the cross is there at the end, was like, you know, and this is very Christian, but I, I, I feel like it was maybe a little bit too much on the nose where Jesus says, like, love one another as I have loved you. You know, you guys sure. are all mm-hmm. part of the big ass family. And then when she when Laura puts the X down where Logan is, well, spoiler alert again, Logan dies, where Logan dies, where he was the X-Man, he becomes the, the martyr, the Jesus figure that actually helped. Dude, you're going just a little, a little bit too far. Yeah, I agree. It does. I mean, this is still a, this is still X-Man. This is huge. It goes, it's like it's bombastic. It's melodramatic. Uh, and, and, and this imagery, while I thought was affecting in the way because I, I, I cared about this, it was a great symbol for Logan. Like, yes. uh, as, as his grave for it to be marked by the X, uh, and you know that, you know, when you're thinking, yes, he's gone, but you know, he had his place. He was an X man, you know, like mm-hmm. that was, that was who he became and that's where he found his family, you know, so that he reunites with them. Like you were saying in that sort of way, that's a touching character resolution. Right. But when you consider what else the film's trying to do, and this is a problem with much of the film, when you compare that to what you've seen and the other threads that are going on. Right. Uh, including things like Logan taking on his doppelganger, which is supposed to be some sort of metaphor for his internal struggle, right? And then yeah, that, and the, and the way that those. that kills Xavier. Uh, so we see some sort of dynamic between the two of them, where the the Xavier's failures have manifest themselves and killed him. You yeah. know, you know, if we're looking at that kind of stuff, and then we're looking at the story that sees the tragic end to a character. This film is trying to do too much, and when when you try to watch it with just generally you're getting mixed messages left right and center yeah, and it's I because it doesn't flow as a as a as a functional piece together and that is a problem you know the the migrant story is a is a good one it's it's a it's a really good one yep. but not for but not for Logan uh, not for Logan's story while the family aspects work the Logan's introspection doesn't work uh, and 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 the way that that the relationship between Xavier and Logan resolves, which is sad for the character side of things, it doesn't function with the migrant story in any informative way. You know, it's it, it, if it does, we're reaching to a point where we're we're now trying to. Uh, you know, apologize for the movie. Uh, yeah. I feel, and I'm sure that I mean that's not to rule out that there could be some really great intentions behind what it's going for. But when I was doing this, I was seeing left, right, and center all these different ideas flung at the screen and okay, well, crossed do you, do you wires. Feel like that? Yeah, do you feel like that because the film is actually the three acts of the film are actually separated into different film genres? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it doesn't help itself as well in the execution. Because I mean, the first the first act is is essentially the wanted man trope in, in yeah in, uh, from, from in western westerns, cinema. and then yeah. you'll have the second act is going to be uh, a road film. Yeah, it's, it's and a road then film. and then the third act is is flat out X Men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got it's it's got it's passing the torch. And coming of age territory that X Men always touches on because we usually follow these mutants who are just trying to find themselves. We always have this identity story, and that's what the third one is: trying to finally come to peace with who you are. That that's an right. X Men story through and through, and it has nothing to do with the road trip, and uh, and that again has little to do with the the western send up of the beginning. It's uh, it's it, it is it's a disjointed film, and and when you start mixing the signals that all those different film styles meshed with the different stories that they're trying to tell all right. with the different layers it, it doesn't I, I don't think it adds up to something fulfilling for any particular angle I mean you could you piece it 
piece by piece, it's fine. But altogether, this is there's too much going on, and it's it's trying to achieve too much at the one time. I agree because that's it. I mean, a lot of people are saying that this is a flat out this is a western, and I'm like, no, it's not. It's not a western at all. No, it's it's a subgenre of the western called revisionist western, right? And you'll have plenty of films. I mean, maybe it's because this is 2017, and when we talk westerns, you know, most people are going to look back to the Man with No Name trilogy with Clint Eastwood and stuff like that. But yeah. those were revisionist in their own way. When I'm talking about revisionist, we're talking about like darker, you know, the idea that the, the beast has to become a beast in order to become the hero, which essentially what is what Logan goes through, you know? If you look at a film like Unforgiven, which is also a revisionist western, which I think that a lot of what Mangold is doing is also taking from uh, and I'll cite all the references right now of where, you know, as much as Mangold said he was inspired by Shane, I think the fact that he put it in the film was to distract people from all the other fucking movies. All the other ones. About. Yeah, exactly. Because this film uh, really relies on children of men. Uh, mm. You know, Alfonso Cuaron's film, I think from 2005, where, you know, you'll have this woman. Um, there, the, the world is in a bleak place where there haven't been any new births in the last 18 years. And the last guy that was born uh, is celebrating his 18th birthday, but he gets killed on TV. And so now, uh, spoiler alert again, you'll have Clive Owen, uh, his character, that's going to find a pregnant woman. And he has to sneak her across the border to get to a boat to bring her to safety. I yeah, mean, right. come on, man. This is all over Logan. We're going to get a boat. We're going to go live on the ocean. <laughs> you know? And so, but then you'll also have, uh, it's part Terminator 2, where it's you'll have the X-24, <laughs> which is, X-24 is the T-1000. And you'll have the broken down old shitty Logan, which is the T-600. Yeah, even, even the family dynamic on the road trip is Terminator 2. We've got Arnie is Wolverine. We've got uh, John Connor is Laura. We've got Xavier as um, Sarah Connor, you know? that everybody's a different fragment of this family fighting to try to just piece themselves together as they move forward through a shitty world yeah heading to heading to a shittier time you yeah. know actually having to re-up in mexico yeah. before going back into the u.s exactly uh, they're, they're, they're the bastion of hope for humanity you know or in this case mutant kind i mean right. it's there's a huge parallel there and then it, right. and then they introduce the clone and then you're like oh well duh <laughs> There you go. You know, that's it. And I mean, I saw certain parallels that could be drawn with uh, the professional, Leon. You know, you'll have that yes. with the Natalie Portman character. Well, you have the, the yes, old the jaded assassin that has to take care of this little girl. Unforgiven, obviously, I think that there's a lot playing in there with William Money's character, Clint, Clint Eastwood's character, where he, he has, he's drawn in one last time. And when he just, you know, he, just, he has to make peace with his violent past and go on this one last mission where he has to fucking annihilate an entire town and just blow off the fucking head you know gene hackman was like <laughs> you're like fuck you you know this yeah, is what yeah. you want to see the monster here's the monster you know the same way as jackman actually logan like drinks that green potion at the end which right, is essentially becomes, lance armstrong steroids again and just yeah, goes exactly. you know so Absolutely. i feel like you know, yes, Shane is there in terms of intention, but I think initially what my problem with a lot of what Mangled was doing is that this is a film I've seen before. You know, I've seen this fucking movie. Even look at The Road, you know, the, the film The Road with Viggo Mortensen yeah, yeah, the is yeah, essentially course, uh, drawing that on the post-apocalyptic thing. <laughs> so I think that I, I think that people just calling it a, a Western is reducing it to what everyone is also saying. You know, it's like, oh, it's, there's a Western feel. Look at the color palette. It looks exactly like, you know... A, <laughs> 
a Sergio Leone film, uh, you know, Once Upon a Time in the West. I even looked up and there's a, there's a, a little aspect of it that's called cattle punk. And it's actually a mix what? with that where it's actually a futuristic dystopian world that's a commentary on the twilight of the Old West genre, which is wow. like the Old West coming to an end. But you'll have these characters that is going that are going to kind of recuperate old values in order to combat the new looming threat which is the modern world. And I thought that was kind of interesting because if you're blending sci-fi with the sub-Western genre of, re- of the revisionist Western, you're doing something better than what Cowboys and Aliens did. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so really, it, that's, what it's really, that's what it's really all about. This is all this has all been one build-up to take a pot shot at everybody's least favorite film, Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and so... I really think in this case, you know, don't just call it a Western because it's set in, in that particular fucking location. It's a Western. So, it's in a desert. <laughs> yeah. But but I think that, you know, it does recuperate a lot of the things. But I mean, like I said, the three acts are very different for me where you'll have yeah, the wanted I'm... man, which is Laura and Professor X, both of them, right? That are yeah. essentially on separate sides of who Logan's personality is. You know, you'll have the guilt that is written in, in, in Professor X, you know, the, the idea that there's a lot of regret that comes with how he might have failed Logan, failed the X-Men, failed in his his utopian dream of having man and mutant live together. And yeah. then you'll have Laura, which represents the hope uh, of, of maybe recapturing the innocence of Xavier's dream later on and then logan being the person in the middle that was actually helped by charles and then bringing that message as the messenger as jesus was and then giving it on to laura passing the baton like you were talking about as well so i mean if you take everything that's going on in that movie it's very difficult to say okay well what the fuck where do i find myself which story do i want do i want to go with the logan jesus savior thing yeah, and there's something to be said about trying to make your film as concise as possible. Realistically, when you've got so many balls in the air, these these thematic ideas that you're trying to weave into your story about a guy, this this metal guy crossing the border with his kid, you, uh, you, you, <laughs> yeah. what you want to do is is trim some of the excess. Uh, and I think that Logan's one of those films that uh, kind of forgets to. Uh, it's it's very content to be as as pumped full of crap as as it as it can. I mean, like baffling decisions, like a mid film fill in switch, uh, which adds nothing. The actual the X twenty four as a threat is almost nothing as well. You know, like and there's something to be said about the potential of maybe having swapped some of these out. Or I, I mean, like I liked Donald. Yeah, I I didn't particularly like him. He's really just... I liked his sleazy reaver performance. I I thought that was a pretty. I thought he was pretty fun, and I wanted to see him kind of get more threatening as the film came along we've seen him as nice but kind of tame guy who wasn't really putting up much of a fight i wanted to see him kind of get more and more embroiled within the actual narrative and to a point where we start to see him become a threat uh because i felt like we had set a good groundwork for him being the the person who gets obsessed with finding uh laura you know yeah it's just his he was monologuing at one point you know like like fucking speaking of monologuing fucking xander jeez literally i in the film xander he uh when before he gets shot by logan just rhymes off like his family heritage and the grand scheme he has for mutants and this future war thing that he's planning shut the fuck up but it's like literally it was funny but for like but it was literally a setup for an obvious move that it was going that they were going to just shoot him dead and that was going to be that and i felt like it was taking the longer it went on it was taking the joke away from us and it was long enough that i could turn to maria who watched it with me and and say 
you sly dog, you caught me monologuing, you know, from Incredibles. <laughs> exactly. You know, I just felt like it just, so many decisions with that character and and his part in the story had so little to do with, it's, it, well, I mean, I get that thematically the, his whole, his father thing, it's relevant, but it's not interesting. And I don't think it, it advances, enhances the story right. at all. I think, and that's the the thing, this film was supposed to be something closer to a focused character outing with Wolverine getting the final send-up he wants, right. and to, to, to watch it bloat out to X-Men proportions to a two and a quarter hour runtime, to just watch, there's literally like points in the plot where the story just stops because we need the villains to catch up. So yeah. they go to a casino while Logan finds a car because they can't just drive around in a shitty car all day. Fine. But then they stop at a, at a restroom on the side of the road for no reason. I have to they, stop with the, they stop with the family. <laughs> and then I get what they wanted to do, but there was, no, there was nothing natural in the writing that made that happen. You know, it's right. very much like, here's a scenario. Logan, Xavier, and Laura run into a family of normal people and they see what life is like for normal people. But the fact that they're being hunted down ultimately gets these people killed. I get the concept. It was a fine concept. Uh, what happened was it just feels wedged right into a random point in the film when we know that the villains are lagging behind enough that they're not really realistically with Caliban, the, another character who didn't need to be there. Uh, he's um. I liked Caliban. I like. I know. I liked him. I wish they had done something with him. He was nothing. He's 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 no one in this film. He's just a, he's a MacGuffin. He's a he's a tool. And then it turns out they just they can find them anyway without him. So there was no point in him being around. They just they go on the film perfectly fine without any mention of him. To me, that means they didn't know how to write him out. <laughs> there was a lot of moments like this where I'm just checking. Like I could see how the writers planned this film. They look these these set pieces that had. Logan and these characters going from A to B to C and they've hit these checkpoints where they were what they stand for and the mission they're on gets challenged in some way maybe it's a natural way like they come across right. a family who represent values that they're kind of longing for or maybe it's an, a, a, a threat kind of way where the where the reavers catch up to them and start shooting them out uh, like in uh, like in the casino which was it was a great scene but um, it it felt like it just happened for no reason and then we move on like it didn't happen it was like to push Z Xavier's backstory a little that was kind of right. and, and the threat of him. It felt like that was what it was there for, and not much else. But I get, I get, I get the general desire right. with these points. But the, the connecting thread between each, the action that takes us there, each one of them feels oh, we're reaching. We 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 could have found a more logical way to get to where we wanted to go and have that mean something than just sort of. And then and then there's a car, and then the horses get out, and then Xavier's like, we should go and hang out with them for a while. <laughs> he's the, he's a literal horse whisperer in this case. Yeah, but I mean, okay. So let me put this to you then. With everything that you've just said, with all the filler that you're there, is the title of the film appropriate to you? Is the fucking movie about Logan? Absolutely not. No, it's a, it ends with Logan. I, it was it, it was something funny we were discussing. Like, what does this mean for Logan? Before the show, we were discussing uh, we were discussing the depression that kind of sets in with how this character finally goes. Right. His his role in these films has always been something of a messenger boy. He's always been yeah. the middle guy between the plot and the, the civil politics. And, and the only real time it ever took the focus to him and his actual story, and that just be the story, was the Wolverine. 
And even then, it just goes all X-Men by the end. You know, the third act, yeah, it's just yeah, X-Men. Absolutely. But, I mean, at least that was a story about Wolverine, and it had nothing to do with the X-Men or, or the, the, the bigger picture. It was just about that character. This is the story they want to tell about the human being and what all these stories build to is this interpretation of a character. And again, he's he's just a messenger guy. He's just another it's the he's another same guy. Thing isn't it? It's the exact same plot as as he. It's the exact same role he plays in all the other films. He's always between the bigger picture, and he's always just ferrying people from one place to the other. Exactly. But then that was funny because then we looked at it and said like. Well, maybe that's the perfect way to send off this interpretation of the character. You know? <laughs> and as you started, you know. Really. Exactly. Be the guy in the middle. Yeah, exactly. Middleman gets his farewell. And uh, it's, it's, it's because... depressing because even in his own film, in a film titled after him, it's not about him. That, it's not that about to me him. is very sad. Uh, sadder than the fact that he actually dies in this is the fact that he's never really, uh, he's never had a, a real chance to have any time to grow as a character, and no. then suddenly we're we're done with him and he's he's in the grave. You know, that's you know, that's depressing. As, <laughs> as stellar as Jackman is in this part, I think that this is where you can literally see that he's poured everything he's had to pour into this performance as James Howlett, Logan, and the yeah. Wolverine. I mean, that's great. But if you look at the first X-Men film, he's a guy who doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to, you know, help these people out. He's yeah. always getting in the way. Professor X is like, let me help you. I'll help you find out about your past. You know, you'd be doing cage matches. They actually reference it in the fucking movie. You'd right. still be in Alberta beating the shit out of some dude in a cage if it wasn't for me. You know, and then at the end, he has this father-daughter relationship with Rogue in that film yeah, as well. And we've exactly. come again to... He's got a father-daughter relationship with, with Laura. You know, and so uh, even in X... Two, it's 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 about his origin, but at the same yeah. time, it's how the X Men fit in. You know, as, yeah. like, mm -hmm. if if Logan learns a little bit more about himself, then we'll find out a little bit more about who the X Men are as well. Yeah, like right? what 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 the X Men stand to do for you. Exactly. Even if the at the end of X Two, which is which is a movie I really like. Yeah, we don't really know much more about Wolverine except for the fact that he was. An experiment. Experiment from that place. You know, he wasn't okay, very cool. happy about being an experiment. That's sad. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not a character. Yeah. That's just a thing. <laughs> it's, and it's I, just... I think a lot of people have a lot of respect for First Class, and I think it's because Logan's not really in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love, I, personally, I love First Class. And... I didn't like it, you know. And I got into a little bit of a row on Twitter for that, but... <laughs> I know I really like the film and uh, and it is true like because it finally it just takes out Logan uh, I did I never really considered the fact that I never really considered his absence as a factor into why I like the film but it makes sense that we're no longer just like so tethered to this one guy but who just who, who informs they, who, where we go but never actually matters but, to the payoff <laughs> but there's a Logan character in first class in Magneto. Yeah, but Magneto has an arc. <laughs> Magneto actually changes throughout that film. You know, it actually has a character. Yeah. Logan anyway. never changes. <laughs> it's kind of, it, it is kind of odd comfort. for that. Yeah. But the, anyway, Logan, Logan, essentially the character arc that Logan has in Logan is the same character arc he has in the first X-Men film where he finally realizes that he has to contribute to the greater good. Yeah, they've, they've really, they've really upended the whole uh, X-Men formula this time. That's for sure. <laughs> That's the funny thing is, is that, no, they've just kind of disguised it. They're yeah. like, oh, you know, there's our shitty old couch. 
let's re-upholster it. <laughs> That's so true. Well, one thing I was going to say anyway, uh, regarding Logan as well, it was this concept I was picking up, uh, how Logan falls into the trap of Deadpooling. Oh, go ahead, yeah. I was thinking about, because we've this is now our, our second foray into X-Men with R ratings, and uh, we, we were looking at what Deadpool did with its with its heritage with the X-Men and it was trying to like parody and critique the superhero genre but the thing about Deadpool is that by the end it very much recommits and falls prey to those exact same conventions yeah absolutely the third act is a huge send up of just the normal the normality of of superhero films where it's just a big set piece and just action and not much else and there's like there's lots of great humor and sidebars in Deadpool, but it's it tried to pretend it wasn't just another origin story with the fact that it's got a, a mixed up retelling of uh, like a, like a time framing for the story, yeah, and yeah. and the fact that we don't really know Wade Wilson as a person before he becomes Deadpool, but that's the origin. That's a, that's the same that we learn about Peter Parker before he's Spider Man. You know, it's 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 just like we get a rundown of his life and then that's him. There's no pegging in Spider Man. There's yeah, that's the difference. That's the only difference. The only difference. <laughs> in spider-man is that there's no pegging you're entirely right uh, but it's but that's exactly so deadpool fell into that trap where it was trying to give a punch that it just couldn't quite muster it was trying to be so subversive and it fell short of actual subversion that it was ju- it was just sort of following the beats as it did and logan attempts here to try and do some of that regarding the x-men so we have a villain in a long bloodline of x-men battling villains and we've got an incredibly violent and, and gory hard-hitting action they're like knowing critics are like nods like yeah this is this is the this is the old way we tell stories but the new way this guy gets shocked you know the, the, i'm the bloodline <laughs> guy i'm the monologuing villain I'm such a standard in the X-Men universe. And then, well, here's the joke. We blow his head off right there and then. You know, that's that's the critique, you know, and... and you know the contrast of that between like the quiet somber atmosphere and and that not even the companionship of that that's supposed to be like yeah this is the harder edgier x-men you know this is the right x-men for adults but the story is it still revolves around a, a man with mind powers freezing time and a man with metal blades taking super serum to 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 super fight his I love to, fight, to fight his super clone you know like super serum it's so funny that you mentioned the super serum because i was sitting next to leslie in the theater obviously i wasn't sitting apart from my girlfriend kind of an asshole <laughs> You're sitting over there. I don't want you to disturb me anyway. So when, when he gets that green vial of the super serum, she just gives me a, a knock on the elbow and she, and she just leans in and whispers, uh, he'll drink all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no shit. <laughs> but at the same time, but at the same time, I was like, he has to. And it was so funny he has because, to. you know, of course he does. my girlfriend was so invested in the film. She really, really enjoyed it, you know, and she was, she didn't like the fact that I was picking it apart. And I was like, well, this, I didn't like this. She was like, she was like shut the fuck up. This is a good movie. And I said, it's not, I said, it's not, not a good movie. I'm just saying yeah. that. It's not as original and thought-provoking as that's, everyone's making it out to be. That's what I mean. I, like, and it does. That's the thing. By trying to be that sort of that critique, it actually misses out on something that it it really had going for it really well, which was its sentimentality uh, for X Men. Absolutely, and for Hugh Jackman, for Christ's sake. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of love given to these characters. Oh yeah. And and to just revel in them for one last ride. Uh, I feel that part of the film is incredibly effective and I can imagine people who are just invested in that like Leslie probably was when you see mm-hmm. you're just you're just paying attention to to Logan's misery and his problems and 
this film's a huge investment, and you, and the film does a good job of of making us really feel what he feels as we go along. You know, I can't say that it, it it hits it misses too many marks on just having Logan be sad. You know, like it, it does a good job of that, and it's very convincing and compelling. But like when it comes to the critique it's trying to mash against, it it becomes kind of distracting because now we're now we're questioning the superhero genre, and it kind of feels like. But I thought we were we were reveling in Logan. I thought, and he's an X Man, you know. He's a guy. He's one of them, you know. We should always be looking back at these comics and thinking it it makes sense for Logan to go. That's not real, you know. The 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 arc or whatever it was. Absolutely. Eden, sorry. And the fact they have a Wolverine doll. There's that sentimentality just pervading throughout that it really should have taken more care to take advantage of yep. because it was so strong and and so moving for this character to feel a part of the same world. But the, the attempt to distance itself from x-men feels like we have to start challenging ourselves for liking x-men and there's nothing wrong the film clearly wants it both ways so why can't we just go all out sentimental why can't we just feel like invested in logan and that be the story you know and, and really care about what this character is going through in this really late stage in his life the, the whole poison from the uh adamantium thing subplot that's going on that's that's sad i like that aspect of it you're right it is sad yeah and i felt like i really care for the character as to how he was like there's a great scene between that and that going on and xavier's death there's this moment of of wolverine just processing uh, his grief by just beating the shit out of this fan and that's so good and that's that's great and i like that part too you're right was was very smart and when it when it took the time to really invest itself in just what was happening to the characters it, it did it really well and that was one of those key examples of when it just shines there's another moment that i thought that the film was very clever in showing two different things uh, it's laura laura who who sees uh logan is it is it the same part where he's smashing the van or he's passed out in the street or something like that where she actually sees a guy going fishing with the dog yes there's that two those two distinct ways of how her life could play out she could go with the father that's like that who's basically going to take time off from whatever the hell's going on in the world and stuff like that to just go fishing and have a good time but she also has logan who's actually dealing with real shit you know what that's something i never even picked up on uh because i was just thinking she's going to steal that car Oh, okay, well, I, I, possible, you know, but I read that as as her looking at the two avenues her life could have had. That's a great reading of that. I definitely, I never picked up on that. That's 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 more interesting. <laughs> but I thought that that was a very human moment of hers to yeah. see, like, okay, I can go down here. You know, the road less traveled, so to speak, if you will. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, the, that's that's the kind of crises that the X-Men are famous for, this always questioning your identity, where, where can you draw the line to fit in, and which avenues you can choose to go down, that those are all what the X-Men are faced on a, on a, on a regular basis throughout their movies, right. and I'm sure in the comics. And when we start then trying to distance ourselves from X-Men, it starts feeling like you're, you're taking yourself too seriously, trying to make the next... Deadpool and Deadpool or something like that and Deadpool worked because it, it's a comedy you know and, and yeah well, as much as it tries to distance itself from X-Men it's actually more informed by its relationship to X-Men and the jokes pay off because of its relationship to X-Men so while it distances itself it distances itself for humor there's nothing to gain from Logan distancing itself from X-Men there's nothing there's nothing that would suit the character for the movie to start feeling like it has to be just a general action film and I not agree. just the next in an X-Men film yeah, we're gonna distance ourselves what's the purpose you need to have a purpose to distance yourself and i don't yeah you're absolutely right i 100 percent agree with that if you're doing it for the sake of doing it that's not a good enough reason for me either yeah exactly we're gonna make this gritty 
we're gonna make it real and you're like well okay why because he can yeah the, the, and <laughs> okay. they could and, and Deadpool was so successful they had to but it feels like they because of the time this film came out we kind of got robbed a little of the actual compassionate story we should have had for Logan which is far more involved okay. in, in the character and where he comes from where that is what clearly the original script was, and then it's then combating against this film that's trying to be something new, when really this is an ending, so it has it has to be old. It has to be informed by the old with elements of the new, not trying so hard to be something that is totally different, mm. that just happens to accidentally be unable to get away from the old. <laughs> and that's what's fun about it, because there's one little scene in the film that encapsulates all of that. Right. And it's the fact that Logan reaches for cigars in the store and doesn't smoke one at all in the film. Uh, you're right. Totally. That's a great image. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're like, we're going to do this, but we're not. <laughs> you know, yeah, we're going to grab yeah, our cigars exactly. and the light it up, but we're not going to smoke them. <laughs> it's just meeting you halfway, you know. Exactly. You, you like you cigars. Can get it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, you, anyway. you paint the rest of the picture. <laughs> Exactly. You deal with it. But we'll be back after this. See you in a bit. City of stars, are you shining just for me? If you know that song, you know that's from La La Land. And that is one of the movies we will be covering on the Get Real Movies podcast. You guys can check us out on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you want some more great singing, tune in to Mason and I, the two youngest podcasters in the movie podcasting world. Thanks a lot. Hey guys, this is JD from the In Session Film Podcast. Every week on our show, you can join my co-host Brendan and I as we review the latest films that's out in theaters. It also inspires us to discuss a top three list of some sort, and we have a lot of other fun movie discussions as well. It's always a blast. And we also have a show on Fridays called our Extra Film Podcast. This is a show that gives us the space to talk about the latest indies and art films and other classics that we normally just don't get to talk about on our main show. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and more. In fact, you can just see everything about us, including our social medias at InSessionFilm.com. So join us every week. We'd absolutely love to have you. We got ourselves an X-Men fan. Hey, Sheila. Maybe a quarter of it happened. And not like this. In the real world, people die. Logan. I don't want to talk about it. Logan. Just stop. Be careful. I need the girl. What girl? Go get her. No. No. Holy fuck. And we're down. She's like you. Very much like you. I am not whatever it is you think I am. She needs our help. Someone will come along. Someone has come along. This is what life looks like. People who love each other. 
home. You should take a moment. Feel it. You still have time. Two days on the road, only one meal and hardly any sleep. She's 11, I'm fucking 90. Let's move into just general impressions so we can wind this down because I think we yeah. talked it to death. There's not much more to say other than the fact that I think that people should go out and see it. But I do want to talk about um, uh, Hugh Jackman in terms of uh, what the state of his legacy as Wolverine, what, what does it say about him? Or Patrick Stewart, his legacy as Professor X. How do we feel about the way yeah. they've closed it out? Did they, did they do them justice in this film, the way that they're doing it? They're bowing out. They're saying, this is the film we've always wanted to make. We've poured everything we had into it. And I think this is time for us to hang up the claws and the, the, the mental powers or whatever. <laughs> the brain. The brain, yeah, hang up the brain. <laughs> so, I mean, for you, how, how invested were you in Hugh Jackman's performance as Wolverine? Let's say from, from beginning to end. Not just in this film, but I mean, as, as the character himself. I mean, I think this is the perfect end point for him. Only for the fact that everything to date has been such a mishmash of quality you know and logan is kind of right there in that it is not perfect and it's not it's not perfect it's not great in that it's well thought out or touching in all the ways it should be or even an efficient script right the beats are good and the the parts that involve really getting into the character that we all like you could see why we're invested in this guy for so long Mm -hmm. but it, it, it it just feels like it's it feels like it's the right ending for this iteration of wolverine there you go that doesn't mean that it's what i want you know it just means that that's what it is <laughs> it, right. it feels fitting it feels fitting and i can see why they feel like this was a fitting end because it's got the best parts of the character somewhere yeah i agree i mean uh did i uh, like hugh jackman as wolverine i remember sitting in the movie theater when i was 20 years old and watching this first incarnation of wolverine on the big screen and i i was i was taken aback i was like wow when i saw him the first time i was like really this is who they chose to play wolverine he's too tall i mean i had the same reaction as everybody else sure however Upon seeing him on screen and and see what he gave off as a character, I was like, wow, they really nailed it. I yeah. thought it was great, you know, and and how he reacts to 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 to, to people, uh, to the other mutants yeah. that are surrounding him in that universe. And I thought it was great uh, to see him go out the way he's going out here. Absolutely, I think that uh, his performance is stellar. I think that his grizzled look is perfect. Um, am I sad that he's bowing out? Not really. Yeah, I, I think it's. It's a pretty good time to do it. I'll always have those films of him being Wolverine. You know what I mean? It'll be great to see him at 70 years old and being like, you know, just posing with some blades for the next time. It'd be a weird picture, but a fun one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When we get the real old man, uh, old man Logan. Uh, Agreed. (laughs) But uh, no, yeah, you're totally right. Um, We have films where Wolverine got the role he really needed you know and his his place right. in days of future past is he's he's got a great role it's very funny he does very yeah. fitting for the character there's a lot of action scenes that really benefit his struggle with that with the group and when it gets to the action of the film where it's the x-men actually fighting together near the end you know against these sentinels the the fact that he is still kind of considered one of the weaker X, x-men for just being sheerly weak to magneto uh 
that fits his role in the group. And it's kind of like a, it's, it, that was a great encapsulation of what Wolverine matter. He's like the, the heart of the group, but he's not yeah. the perfect companion or teammate. He's just another member. And there, there's something really fitting about that. And the fact that he's the guy who gets everybody together, but then doesn't really, can't really contribute much to the fight itself. That's, that's very fitting for the character. And I think that's, if you were to say hey, there's there's a, a great cutoff point for him as as the Wolverine, as the character we've grown with, that, I would say, is more than enough to say we got a good run out of the character. Logan does a great job just bringing a, a natural narrative end to where this character goes. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and, and the way it takes uh, the original Xavier as well. I mean, I I, I was really taken aback by his, his death in this film. Uh, I was very surprised. Um, I guess the way it hit me was that it just happened. You know, he just gets killed by some fucking nobody. Uh, and it's yeah. just a couple of claw marks and without much words left, he just kind of gaffs it bleeds out and dies without it. and the the inability of Wolverine to to prove it wasn't him to Xavier that is genuinely sad <laughs> you know and oh definitely yeah uh and I feel like I don't know what to make of how that takes the 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 civil rights character we were introduced to in in the very first film maybe maybe the sudden shock of the death I wasn't he based on Martin Luther King I mean Yes. So isn't there like a connection there? Uh, that that to me, the, the just the sheer uh, abrupt nature of it. There's kind of something that that fits with what they initially imagined for the character, but at the same time, and it is just devastating in general on an emotional level when it comes to what it means to the characters who survive past him. But I, 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 is it fitting? I don't know. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it feels like this man did a lot for the series, and this is the way it goes. That's heartbreaking. <laughs> Yeah, I think it, it. This is a, a natural ending point. Yeah. For them as characters, as actors in this franchise, would I have wanted something better for Professor X? Yeah, I think so. I think he deserved better, um, especially seeing as that he he had given so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that he's going out the way he goes out by some chicken shit move from some nameless assassin. Exactly. You're like, oh, you, know. you know, but at the same time, it is fitting given the fact that what you just put forward, you know, the fact that it's it's uh, Martin Luther King. Yeah, and and if 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 they just kill him in like a great ceremonious way, then it kind of robs a lot of the the impact right. of it. You know, the shock that you just didn't think Professor X could just go. You know. Yeah, but it's also a sacrifice. I think if you if you look at it, I mean, if we want to just really pick it apart, Caliban sacrifices himself uh, ultimately to say i'm not going to be your sniffing dog but like yeah, you said yeah. it doesn't really amount to much because they could just clone him again and you know they, they can actually find them because there's a homing beacon and drones you know they're like and drones yeah and you're like well why the fuck did you take caliban and not just shoot him right away <laughs> and then you know you'll have professor x essentially who whose entire life was a sacrifice mm. you know and trying to like uh, get equal rights for the X-Men and, and stuff like that, you know, but even putting himself out there and saying, we need to protect this girl. He was the first one to sacrifice himself in order to get Laura on board. And he, as stubborn as Logan is, you know, Professor X needed to keep telling him, dude, come on, you gotta yeah. get get with the program now. Now this is your time to shine. Let's go. Let's get on the road. She's your daughter. That's you gotta right. take, come on, come on, come on. You know, so he's essentially the, 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 the kick out the door Gandalf gives Bilbo and, and Frodo in the same thing. You know? Yeah, though, you're right. Totally right. So, I mean, there are these three distinct sacrifices, which, you know, to me, doesn't bode well for where episode eight might go in Star Wars, where I'm like, oh, they've already killed Solo. What are they going to do with Luke next? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, apparently we could take we could take anybody well, now. That, 
uh, is that there's a pattern now that's being established where we're like, you see these guys that you used to like? They're all dying. You're old. Reminding You're me old that I'm getting older. Everyone you love is going to die. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's just positive imagery. And um, some of the movies that I want to take my daughters to see are like, you know, see how inspiring life is? It all ends in death. Have a good night. The sooner you learn that. <laughs> the more you can do in that time. Spoken like a true old man. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, I guess right. so. Uh, other general likes. Um, I liked how they handled uh, Professor X's Alzheimer's. I think, you know, that it's like this manifestation of the sort of, the sort of knock-on effect that it can ha- that it can affect even your loved ones. Mm-hmm. And it's something completely out of control of the character. Yeah, they, to able to visually translate that was good. Yeah, yeah, great visual uh, uh, translation of that to the mutant world. Uh, it, it makes it all the more powerful that it, it has literally the power to kill people. It, it may be a little overblown, I guess, you know, a little melodramatic, but then that's what it always is with X-Men. It's always a little theatrical. But uh, I still think it's, it sticks as an interesting image, you know. I, I was like, yeah, Professor X, that's... That's what happens to him when he goes old. That could happen to me, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I thought at the same time, you could also make a case for it being psychosomatic. The fact that he's un- the fact that he's forgetting is him trying to struggle with the fact that he might have actually committed this atrocity in his own school. And that's the that's the the I would say the the, the result. The fact that his memory is fading is a choice. You could actually play in that yeah. in that vein if you want to as well, where he's like, I don't want to remember anymore. Because once Laura shows up, he does snap back into reality. Yeah, that's where he's, true. You know, yeah. so, you know, just how much of it is psychosomatic. I would worry. I would worry that some people will will walk away from it thinking that Alzheimer's is, is something that people just sort of snap out of. Uh, that would be an unintentional, I imagine, message that people would mm. walk away from because it definitely doesn't work that way. Yeah, perhaps. Last positives for me. I mean, I, I really appreciated the tone of the film. Mm. Um I like the color palette as well. I thought the action was really well done. Oh yeah, well. definitely. I especially like the fact that there as as not subversive as it was in terms of narrative. There are a couple elements in the film that I thought were kind of fun and uh, we were talking about it briefly just before we recorded. One of my favorite sequences was the uh the fact that the limousine hits the fence and it doesn't break through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was kind of a fun one where he had to go back into reverse and actually pull the fence down. I was, normally when you're watching a movie, you know, they're going to crash through gates, they're yeah. going to everything's going to open magically for them, but this time around, it was going to take a little bit more effort and I think that it speaks to the movie as a whole where we're like you got to push a little bit harder this time or you got to go back in reverse yeah, yeah. we got to go back Try to the where other we way. came from in order to go move forward yeah. you know but then he does he does usually old get over the train line trick so that kind of undoes that good favor <laughs> yeah well i was gonna get to that and i'm glad you pointed it out but you're like eh, they kind of did use the train yeah. which is typical of westerns Absolutely. you know when you yeah. kinda, oh the, they can't get past that look the train just happens to go on for like 400 miles <laughs> Exactly. It was like, like, oh, we've got a lot of time to kill. He could have. They could have actually had supper there and not been a threat. That's, yeah, that's that's writing roadblocks. That was just writers trying to figure out how do we end this action scene. Put a train in, which turned which turned into a literal roadblock. Yeah, exactly. In the film. I like the action, most of it. I think that uh, uh, for some reason, seeing Wolverine stab people in the head was cool a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's all I ever really wanted. Was... This is what the whole podcast was about is that i just wanted to get to the point to say i just liked wolverine stabbing people in the head <laughs> exactly could we have had a film of that too <laughs> yeah the 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 berserker rages that we had seen so far weren't necessarily that great i mean there was the one in x-men 2 where 
you know, you see the, the claws and then you see a guy get pulled from one side. He stabs him through the feet. He stabs him through the chest. You never see him really scratch anyone in the face or yeah, through the heart true. or anything like that. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I It's not as gory as everyone's making it out to be. And I don't no. know if it's, that's because I'm Canadian and so is Wolverine and we share some sort of, you know, background. I think where... it, was kind of, it was like the, it was the funny kind of gory, you know, like the... Just enough to add a real punch to the physical action that's being done right. uh, or being portrayed, but not enough to really, you know, avert your gaze. You know, it's, it's nothing like that. I think that was something that John Wick 2 did last on the last episode. I think it did pretty well as well. It was that we could see the blows that were coming in each time. That, yeah. that makes the, the connection of that action is great. And I, uh, it is important to reiterate that it did a really good job with the fact that these films can just go straight to R and just phone in or throw in some crap. And and try to justify it just by being edgy, but somebody actually thought out much of this. They've kind of choreographed what actually happened. Somebody has actually sat down and worked this out. And what is a lot of interesting visual ways, you know, I think one of them, the sort of casino, the slow motion climbing into the room and just poking these guys through the head as you try to help Xavier. I, it was this is great. This is, I love that scene. Yeah, it was, it was really, really it, it was really fun to watch, and I mean, it was gross, but it was fun to watch. You know, <laughs> I didn't find it gross, man. For I don't know what the hell, but there was some sort of appeal for me there. I, to me, it was like it's about fucking time we see what kind of damage <laughs> Wolverine can inflict. I thought that was great. Yeah, everyone's saying like it's the goriest thing. I was like, nah, go watch nah, a Takashi Mika film, and Jeez, you'll see what yeah, gory looks that's... like. Gory on a scale of X Men, certainly, definitely. But I still thought Deadpool was was way gorier, like the, the bone breaking <laughs> and his arms falling off and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, was also right. funnier, but was way yeah, more inventive with what it did. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what's your favorite part of the film? I guess I really loved the intro. Uh, I think it set the the right tone where he's at the the limo and these guys just set on her. It was really all I ever actually wanted to see. The the story we got was good, uh, and I did feel like connected. And interested uh, uh, in the scenes that were, that were emotional, especially the grieving scene, I thought was incredible. But for me, just watching Wolverine, just that first instinct of watching him just absolutely get enraged. He asks them, and then somebody shoots the car, and then he just goes nuts and starts tearing them to pieces. But he blocks the bullets, you know, with his chest too. Don't yeah. boom, and they just like, yeah, exactly. That was, that was so just cool. Super fun scene that it was. It was. It seemed in character, and the action to it was just very memorable. It kicked off the film in just the right tone. I was really invested from that point forward. But it also tells you exactly like where Wolverine, where Logan is as yes, an individual. Visual like, shorthand. Is, exactly. It was like okay, he has to literally throw himself in front of the car to protect the car because that's the way he makes his money. And he's yeah, willing exactly. to take the bullet for it because he can't afford to repair the car and he can repair himself. That's, you know, my car is worth more than I am, motherfucker. <laughs> Great. What, what would you say was your favorite part? Laura. Oh, well, yeah, that's an incredible performance. Laura was great. I think that her introduction, uh, the fact that she's wrestling with Logan with the bag when she's sitting down and eating her cereal, and you can see just the, the amazed gaze that Professor X, you know, Charles has on his face, just staring at her, going like, <gasps> Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, they're still there, that we still have hope, you know. And then once there's that action sequence when they send in those three guys, and then she's able to sneak around, you can tell that she's got a lot of experience. Yeah. Uh -huh. at, at defending herself, she's had to, like, really kind of stay alert throughout that entire time. You can see that there's the, that wild child side to her that was brilliantly executed by that, that Daphne. She was so good. And, uh, you know, when she just comes out and chucks the head, I was like, that's brilliant. That was, that was just in a little added touches. Like you guys are next. 
your move. It's like throwing the ball, throwing the ball in your court. Even the the reveal of like the foot claw was fucking hilarious. I I, I was I, I like that. Yeah, I thought it was a great addition. Um, they explain yeah. it well in in, in yeah, the Xavier explains thing it. There. Yeah, that, I thought that was just. That's a very inventive thing to do for that character. I mm. thought that was very fun. Yeah, so I think Laura, and just like when they're in the car, when she's literally punching Logan in the face, I thought that <laughs> I was, was totally great. about it. That's very real, I, isn't it? <laughs> I loved it. You know, it's a little wake up, dummy. Bang. You know, just, you, this isn't about you. This is about keeping us alive. Snap into it, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, even even though I, I felt at times that um, the idea that she was mute for the first part, but then speaks later on, I felt that was contrived enough to be distracting that uh, they that they just didn't approach that as a language barrier from the beginning instead of just pretending she was mute at first. I mean, at first I get it because she's uncomfortable. Doesn't it isn't too irrational as a as a character change that uh, after Xavier okay. goes, she feels she has to own up. And there's there's a fun little joke about it even from the from the family that they're with. You know, like you just want them to stay quiet uh, so that when she does start talking and uh, just rhyming off Spanish right at Logan, then he starts going stop, 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 stop. You know, right off the right. bat. But I still feel like the, it felt like the writers were making up for the fact that they just wanted a reason for Xavier to to be a part of the conversation. Okay. And I feel that if, if they committed to her just being mute, it would have challenged them to make a, a story that actually has a mute character, you know, uh, and have the relationship try to grow through that. I think that would have been really, the potential there was really interesting and we never really got it. I don't know, man. I think that, to me, the way I read that was that this is where she actually starts becoming the voice of the voiceless. You know, the fact that there is this generation of kids that are going to be coming up in a world where no one can speak up for their rights. She actually has a voice. She actually gives a voice to this, the, the, the new mutants, if you will. Sure. And, it's, and if you look at the generational gap that there is, sometimes there's going to be miscommunication. And the fact that they chose Spanish... I thought was clever in showing that there's going to be a, a, a clear divide and they're going to have to find a way to communicate, which goes to speak out to the larger themes of what was going on in the United States, obviously. But that, that aspect of becoming the voice of the voiceless, you know, she literally has that impact for me when she actually just starts spouting out onto Logan. Logan can't speak child and he can't speak Spanish <laughs> and he lives in Mexico where you're like, shouldn't yeah. you have kind of tried to learn about yeah, that other yeah. culture. Yeah, yeah, shouldn't you have adapted that's something? Yeah. You know, so I thought that was kind of interesting for them. I think to that's very fair. Way. But yeah. Yeah, I so. think that's fair. I mean, I, I, I have this feeling of like, this is, this was supposed to be action is stronger than words kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I, But at the same time, I think that you're right in that the middle ground of being both voice and action mm-hmm. is very X-Men that kind of fits in with what they go for. You know, they aren't the extremists like the, the, the mutant brotherhood who actually have to constantly use violence to get their message heard right they 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 have action to defend themselves and a voice to speak to people so yeah i think that's that ties in nicely with what you're saying about the next generation i think that's a good idea fair enough criticism rescinded (laughs) (laughs) i guess that's it for me um i'll just close out by saying i really um i'm coming around to it you know my initial reaction like i said i had a lot I, I was confused and conflicted as to how I wanted to feel about Logan. Uh, I'm coming around to it. I'm, I know that I'm going to feel more positive uh, towards it once I've sat down and watched it, you know, a second and third time. Because it's not that I, I know what it is, but I think that it becomes difficult to keep an open mind uh, amongst the criticism. You know, people get these advanced screenings and I, I try to stir away yeah, from that. that. But 
everybody comes out and says it's great it's fantastic it's a masterpiece and all that stuff and you're you're kind of like come on man i gotta i gotta kind of get off social media a little bit but it's hard because you know we want to promote the show and i like being in yeah we have to people. do the show it's <laughs> fun. so i mean i think that if i were to i don't want to rank it in terms of where I, it fits in in terms of uh, the x-men universe i mean if, if i go mm-hmm. for personal preference i mean I, i've always thought that x-men 2 you know x2 x-men united spoke uh very clearly it was a very x-men film with an underlying message obviously and i thought that movie executed a little bit better than most of the x-men films that came after days of future past was was one that kind of talked about civil rights in a way as well you know where we were talking about um you know the, uh, the struggle for gay rights and whatnot uh, earlier in the show i do think that logan fits nice and neatly amongst those three and if i were to su- tell people to watch x-men films i would definitely put logan in that that trio yeah mm-hmm. i would say if you want to see what x-men are really about you'll have distinct messages in x-men 2 days of future past and logan i wasn't a fan of first class uh and uh, it's not that's fine it's 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 kind of like what well, it's what it's more like what i like it's kind of like a, a fun character soap opera but very little very very weak on the messaging more about just the characters and i like it for that i just like spending time with these people and their relationships sure but it, 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 it in no way tries to be uh as big as the messaging in say x-men 2 which is I think for all intents and purposes, the the most you know succinct X-Men experience that you're going to get. Yeah. And so mm. that's it. So, I mean, that would be the one, you know, and I'm not going to rank them as, as order of favorites. I say, if you were to watch three X-Men films. Yeah. I think that's you know, a very Logan broad is... range as well. I think that makes sense. You know, it's basically, you He's know, got... these are the yeah. flavors of X-Men. You know, you can get the, the sort of future one there's the pure-hearted x-men 2 and then you've got lugan which just sort of see see what happens when they kind of do one of their characters alone but they do it right you know and it also yeah. it that sort of arc of those three films cuts out mo- much of the fluff in between that's really the important beats are all in those three it's fine i think that's a, i think that's a very fair ranking uh yeah but on logan i think this is a, a very good x-men film I'm, I'm a fairly decent fan of the series by now i've even liked apocalypse and uh, you like that too to be fair um yep. even the worst film in the series the x-men origins i have this little soft spot in my heart for it. it's just so bad it's good i love i i put it on with a couple of drinks and some friends and we just laugh line after line uh so even the, even <laughs> bad x-men has a place x-men 3 never offended me it just wasn't very good uh, so we're logan kind of comes in it does a good job with the character it's kind of middled as a story but I, it's an easy recommendation for those who have been along for the ride so far if, if and it actually doesn't it's not too bad as a film uh as a standalone it, it doesn't feel like it would suffer too much if this is your first x-men film so no that's it my girlfriend had never watched any of the other x-men films really she came out of this one and said i really like this this was good i didn't need any of the backstory because it was it was kind of peppered throughout that yeah these people had a history it felt like a very lived-in world so yeah you're absolutely right yeah well there we go so yeah I, I think um, if you haven't seen an X-Men film, Logan is a, as, as, like you said, it's one of the three that you should definitely see. I, I would agree with you that the three you named, I think First Class, while it's, I, I, it actually is my favorite of them, it's definitely mm-hmm. a preference thing. And I, I, can't, I don't really want to, I don't want to try to justify it as a great movie. I just think it's got a lot of the things I love to see in comic book movies. Logan, it's a little more serious. It's a little more in line with the original vision of the cinematic X-Men films. And it feels like a solid, 
successor and final note for this character in the form we know him as. And I'm looking forward to seeing yep. what, what we do now with the Wolverine character. I want to see... I, I, I would be glad for us to leave him behind for a bit, maybe focus on Laura. Yeah. I, I think like, he, like, he's got a lot of films under his belt. Um, he's by far... like You know, I enjoy the character. I love the performance that Hugh Jackman gives for him. But at the same time, I don't... I've never felt connected enough to say he's like a favorite. You know, that's very strange. On the comics, I used to love him. He was one of my favorites. I mean, he's I like very the... funny. I, I like him when he's yeah. when he's used as comedic. Uh, and that's where Days of Future Past is great because he, he plays more of a comedic role, just getting everybody together and telling them to shut the fuck up and get on with their day job. <laughs> you know, that's that's how that character really comes in and, and nails it. And it's when we actually have to learn about his tragic, tortured existence that we kind of go like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, anyway, Logan, fine film. Absolutely. I can't even believe we're actually telling people to go see it because technically speaking, we obviously talk spoilers and shit like that. So it doesn't I mean, matter. People do it anyway. We, we endorse listen. Logan is what we're saying is we yeah. endorse this as a film. It's a very good exercise in, in filmmaking. I thought it was really good. Uh, the characters, they come to a natural conclusion in my opinion. So mm-hmm. yeah. Great. So shall we close this off, sir? Let's do it, man. Cool. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. My name is Jason Michael. You can reach me on Twitter at film underscore faculty. Be sure to go and subscribe to our show, uh, the Atlantic SC podcast or the Atlantic Screen Connection podcast on Stitcher Radio. We're also on iTunes. We'd appreciate if you guys leave a comment there and a rating and also on SoundCloud. We chose SoundCloud, obviously, because we like you guys commenting on the tracks. So please go feel free to comment on those tracks. And um, thanks again for tuning in. Lee? Yep, yep. You can find me at Big Pick Reviews uh, on Twitter and uh, you can check out my website, bigpicturereviews.co.uk. We got a new writer this uh, this week, a longtime friend of mine, Ashley. Uh, she's joined in. She did a a review for Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures. Yep, so it's it's great. Uh, first review was a great review, so uh, and um, I wanted to say a, 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 a shout out to uh, David Hart who sent us some great feedback this week um, yeah. about the show and uh, it really was it's very important that people do tell us what you think about the show so that we can we can better ourselves as, as, as the entertainers we purport, we purport ourselves to be. So... <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. That was absolutely great of him to do that because not only did it, like Pop Culture Case Study was one of the shows that I had actually started listening to before I started podcast. I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to be able to interact and get feedback from a guy whose opinion you respect enormously mm-hmm. meant so much to me. And then I forwarded the messages to you and you were like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah, so, absolutely. I'm let's just... Over the moon about it. So, I mean, I think that's, it's great that uh, if you feel that uh, the show ticks enough boxes, you think we're doing something right or something wrong, you let us know. And uh, we'll absolutely... Uh, I'm happy to address it, whether we feel that what we do is, is is the right thing or the wrong thing or we're just going to stick with it anyway and ignore you that's going to be that's all a part of that's all a part of life <laughs> uh, so that's it for us for this week we want to thank you guys again for tuning in uh, be on the lookout like as I guess said for the, the giveaway and by the way we're going to start having a few more guests on the oh, show oh yeah yeah hopefully uh, from next coming week up on, on the next episode we're going to be talking to Nerd on Nerd most likely for the Kong Skull Island which is going to be a fun time Absolutely. because I really like those guys they're yeah. funny as hell and uh, big shout out to you because we're going to be uh, starting a new show. Yeah, we new, haven't yeah. really pieced it all together yet, but at the same time, we want to go back to the one week, one week format, and um, we decided to expand 
our right. What Did You Watch This Week segment into its own 30-minute to 35-minute show, or 45-minute show, I should say. And uh, that's it. We actually wanted to have UJ on the show, so stay tuned for him as well. I don't yeah. know if it's going to be coming out before or after the Kong Style Island episode. It but will be after. After the show? After cool. the show. And so that's it. So stay tuned for all that. We're going to keep you updated. Keep interacting with us on Twitter, and it's going to be great. Uh, and so I guess that's it for this week. That's us. All right. Take care. See you now. Bye. Bye. can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye.